Old Fashioned Football on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off orders of $40 or more. Go get your old-fashioned football t-shirts. Old-fashioned football. Welcome, welcome to Old Fashioned Football. Good news, everybody. The star of the show is back. First of all, let's talk about the uh, the non-star here. No, just kidding. Um, you're listening to <laughs> <laughs> listen to Justin. You can call me J Mark. Find me on Twitter at J Mark Football. But I keep yakking. I gotta bring in the uh, the lady who's back, back in black. Oh no, that's not right. Um, guess who's back? Back again. Something like that, right? Miranda at J Mark's wifey. Welcome back to the show. We missed you last week, but we're glad you're back. I'm glad to be back, too. I was really bummed about missing last week, especially with how much fun you had. It, I just would have loved to have been there. But I was in bed, and I, I just I could not do it. Yeah, and again, <laughs> shout out to the guests for yes, coming on. Yes, thank you, everyone who came on and yeah, short made notice. it such a great show. And we're not done with guests yet. We're just no. getting started. We got two today. And I'm excited. Yeah, we got um, our, our boy, Cody Zeeb. Um, even though he's a Husker fan, so, but, and then we got, um, Gary, who is a IDP pro, but we will get to what all that means. How are you doing today? I know you're feeling better, but how are you doing in general? Doing great. Yeah. Um, it's weird to be doing our show on a Tuesday now. So we've officially moved to Tuesdays during the off season. Yes. Um, we'll, we'll be back to Monday nights. Well, recording on Monday nights, uh, during the regular season yeah so a couple things behind that um one i am doing two shows now monday nights uh you're a busy man yes the alt fantasy sports podcast where we talk xfl fantasy football and the xfl gambling podcast recap show is both on monday night check those out um but yeah so it, it was hard to fit all of those in there's so much football xfl usfl starting in april yeah and i couldn't be more excited and CFL, where now my boy... I didn't boy, even mention the CFL. Brian Scott is a Toronto <laughs> Yes, Argonaut. he was signed. Yes, I'm very excited for Mr. Brian Scott. Um, if you've listened to me in the alt world, alt uh, football world, you know I'm a big Brian Scott fan. But um, yeah. Or if you live in the Mark household and you hear about <laughs> it all the time, you know he, he is a big Brian Scott fan. Yes, Adam referred to him as my um, man crush. 
yesterday. So I would have to agree with that. <laughs> Good assessment. Yes. <laughs> uh, so last week we talked common fantasy football league types. This week we're going to be talking uncommon ones, which is going to be fun. They're crazy. They're different. They're unique. And I think if if you're as competitive as I am, it just takes it to a whole nother level. Some of these leagues that we're going to be talking about. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and they are crazy, but they just add more strategy, which mm-hmm. I love. Oh, that is the best part about fantasy football. It's yes. the strategy and how you're going to beat all the other teams. Yeah, that I know that's always your focus, how you're going to beat, especially me, isn't it? Yeah, you're you're I, one of my targets. <laughs> yeah, because I'm hard to beat. I get it. You have oh to strategize goodness. for me. I think, no, uh, we're not even going to get into this right now. <laughs> well, before um, we continue on, why don't you tell us what we're drinking today? Today, we are drinking something special, something that was sent to us. Yeah. By none other than your... Boss's boss. Yes. It's weird to say that now. John. He's now my two-up. You're two-up. He was my boss at one point. He's yes. still kind of my boss, but Michelle's my main boss, I guess. Your main boss. Yes. <laughs> the main boss. The boss lady. Yes. <laughs> um, we are drinking Whistle Pig Piggyback Rye. Um, this is six year. It is. Yeah. Age mm-hmm. six years. That's how they make it. Um, yeah. Huge shout out to John. Thank you so much for sending that. He... Uh, he just kind of randomly asked for my address, and I didn't exactly know why, but after I got it, obviously I knew who it was from, thanked him, and he said he just wanted to help support the show, and that was a way he thought of supporting the show, and that's exciting because he didn't only send us Whistle Pig Piggyback. No. He also sent us Uncle Ernest. Uncle Ernest 1884, I believe. Yes. The bottle is downstairs. I apologize. Um <laughs> Uh, well, we got those, and then two days later, we had our niece and nephew, so it's like, let's put the whiskey downstairs away yes. from the kids. <laughs> we don't need a counter full of whiskey. Right, <laughs> Making yes. us look like raging alcoholics. <laughs> yeah, right. But we will um, have that on the show next yes. week. Yes, I was just going to say, we're going to be trying that next week, so yeah. everyone who has um, Uncle Ernest 1884, yes. is that what we just said? Yeah, I, I already forgot. So. <laughs> um, we'll be drinking that. Next week, and if that is not what it's called, and you know what we're talking about, we'll be drinking it next week. For some reason, I wanted to say Uncle Nearest, but I, that's not right, uh, is it? I Hold on. We'll figure it out. Shame yeah. on us. Shame <laughs> on us. <laughs> well, when you have so many whiskeys, I guess. No, it, that's not an excuse. It's mainly because we haven't tried it yet. Is, that is why. Because we haven't. I haven't done my background research. I yeah. haven't done any of the stuff. Which, I gotta admit, was lacking a little last week without you. Um, maybe it was just the the site for Calumet, um, Calumet Farms, mm-hmm. but I felt like I talked a little bit more about horses than I did whiskey. So it's uh, Uncle Nearest. It is Nearest. <laughs> okay, Ernest. Uncle Ernest, Uncle Nearest. Um, and what did you say? Isn't it? Didn't we get eighteen fifty six? You said eighteen eighty four. That's what I said. It's not eighteen eighty four. I don't think so. Maybe I'm. Wait, no, there is an 1884 small batch. Yes. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Well, we don't know what we have. We (laughs) forgot. We'll go check it out. We'll 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 get it for you before the end of the show. Yeah. We are going to take a small break to give a shout out to our sponsors. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. 
March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win, getting down on the NBA, the NHL, and the XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject change, subject conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a game of power, go 1-800-522-4700. All right. Well, we talked about common league types last week. Now we're going to talk about uncommon league types. And why not bring in the guy who let me know last week that he was in 65 different fantasy football leagues. It's crazy. (laughs) Mr. Cody Zeeb, how are you doing today? I'm good, Rod. Oh, Rod. Wow. I, uh, man. Yeah. I'm so used to recording Rod all the time. Jeez. No, I'm great, Justin. I take that as a compliment. So that works for me. That's a a good compliment. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, so yeah, 65 league types. Um, my dad said, um, is that, is that all he does is fantasy football? He said, no, he's got a job. He's married with a wife and a kid. And he goes, does he not like them? (laughs) I love them. I spend a lot of time with them. And then whenever I'm not spending time with them, it's all fantasy football all the time. I can't imagine setting your lineups for 65 leagues. It it is a process. I've gotten it down to a pretty good science. I have a list I keep. So I go through, I'll start setting my lineups as early as like Tuesday. Then I'll just kind of make notes on players like, okay, this person's questionable. I got this here. I got that there. Make it need to make a decision here. So it's it's not perfect. I've gone back and been like, oh fuck, I forgot to do that. But <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I've I've made a made a pretty good system for the most part. Nice. So this first league type we're gonna talk about is called a vampire league. Now I know all you Twilight fans are excited to hear that, but it has nothing to do with Twilight, Miranda. Uh no. <laughs> um so in a vampire league, one player is the vampire. Um, a lot of times when I've seen these, it's the person running the league, which I hate. Cause it's like, why don't we just randomize it? Um, don't just say, Hey, I want to be the vampire. Right. Um, but anyways, the vampire, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Cause I've not been in one yet, even though I really want to be Uh vampire doesn't get to draft everybody else drafts. Then he builds or he or she build their team off their free agency. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so the way we did it actually in the one that I'm in was we used a randomizer, uh, you know, to set the draft order and whoever got the last pick in the draft, they become the vampire. Uh, nice. and so then, yeah, basically the commissioner went in and set all their picks for the draft, you know, players like Tim Tebow, players that aren't in the league anymore that are still available sleeper. And that's their roster. Everybody else drafts like a normal draft. And then at the end of that, that person can go to waivers and pick up whoever's left. Um, and then, yeah. And then, so from there on out, basically the way it works is they play you know a a normal everybody plays a normal schedule like normal if the vampire beats you they can steal anybody off your team now obviously they're a little bit of a disadvantage in week one because they're using all the players that didn't get drafted but you could still i mean a lot of times it's not a super flex or anything like that so i think this the guy in in my league specifically this past year had like aaron Rodgers as his quarterback like you're still getting some decent players and then different ones are everyone is kind of different some don't allow any transactions for non-vampire leagues 
ours was we had a fab budget and we all had a hundred dollars to spend and they had like ten thousand dollars or whatever so basically oh, wow. okay they get the waiver why you know if they want somebody they just bid 101 dollars, and nobody else can outbid them and so that's how they're building their team and then you know they beat somebody somebody has a bad week you beat somebody you can take any player off their roster so you know they have cmc or something and you end up beating them or jefferson once you start beating people <laughs> it can your roster can improve very quickly so it is a lot of fun i, I think it would be most fun to be the vampire. I haven't been the vampire yet. Uh, I was uh, just going to ask you if you've been the vampire. <laughs> right. Because if you haven't, then, I mean, you're just kind of playing in a regular league, right? Mm-hmm. And trying not to lose to that guy. But for the person who ends up being, and that's why I think you don't just let it be the commissioner. Like, you, it has to be randomized to who gets to be the, the person. Because that's the most challenging and most fun position to play in the league. Yeah, for sure. Would you say that it's hard for the vampire to win since they have to pick off the free agency to start or yeah it's definitely definitely not easy it uh it takes some takes some time and you you have to be Mm -hmm. patient with it we had one where the vampire kind of gave up after a couple of weeks and then (laughs) it wasn't really any fun anymore because uh yeah they weren't even trying and so we got somebody to replace them late and that person actually shout out to my buddy chuck who jumped in and i was like hey do you just want to come play this vampire like you're likely not going to make it but you can make it fun and he did i think he ended up collecting like Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson, and like, and so that helped some of us other teams because the some of the better teams or you know teams that we faced in the playoffs later on didn't have Justin Jefferson anymore, or Travis Kelsey, <laughs> uh, and so it, it ended up kind of working out nicely for us. But but yeah, you, you got to get somebody that's knows it's going to be a process, and I think that was that was the issue mm-hmm. in that one. But uh, have have you lost to the vampire before? Not yet. Not yet. Oh. Okay. I've, it's been <laughs> had some close calls. So uh yeah. yeah, but not not yet. I'm sure now that I've said that I probably will this season. But uh <laughs> how many years or seasons have you done a vampire league? I've only done it twice, I think twice. So okay. couple and I think I did it in two different ones. So yeah, mm-hmm. two over two <laughs> seasons, a couple different leagues. So and, and again, they're all kind of a little bit different in the rules, mm-hmm. but that that's kind of the format the way I like it the best, anyways. Yeah, one other um, way to do it, I saw. In case you don't have the the fab and you just have a regular waiver wire, um, the commissioner manually assigns the vampire as the top waiver spot. Yep. So that's always an option too. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it, like you go back through and see, like you know, you don't win your league in the draft, right? You can mm-hmm. lose your league in the draft, but you definitely can't win it there. And like you had, it's all based on how your waiver pickups are, how you do there. So. When that person gets the top waiver billing, they've got the pick of anybody they want out there and everybody else can still make moves and, and things that can improve your team too, because mm-hmm. they've only got so much space and, and players to pick up. But, and if you want to take a shot on somebody or whatever, so there's still strategy for everybody involved. Um, so it, it just makes it a lot of fun and it's a different way. Like, that's the thing is like, obviously I'm in a lot of, of fantasy leagues. And so I've been liking all these different ways to, to shake it up and play it just a different way. Like, I still enjoy just a traditional redraft league as well. But Justin, we talked last week about Superflex. Like that has helped a lot because it's a different type. You get in the tight end premium ones, you get in these types, some of the other ones we're going to talk about. It's just different ways to keep it fun and different. And so, yeah, even though it is 65 leagues that I'm in, they're <laughs> all sort of different in their own way, right? There's a lot of dynasty sure. in there. And then there's a lot of just different things, different scoring formats and everything. So it does keep it, keep the variety and, and spice it up. Random question, not related to vampire being in 65 leagues. 
do you find yourself drafting a lot of the same players? Do you try yeah. to mix it up or kind of both? Both. It, it both. Okay. A lot of the same players, and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Like last right. year, I was like, I was so heavy on J- uh, Jalen Hurts. Like Hurts was my guy. I was all in. That worked out. I was also very heavy on Trey Lance. That didn't work out <laughs> real well. So it, it's it's a good and bad thing. But I do catch myself. Um, I, I'm actually doing a startup draft right now as we speak. Uh, it's a slow draft, but I've been trying to like pick different play, like get shares of guys I don't have as much of, just to like shake it up and have a little bit of of variety and spice. Just because I like I like to change it up a little bit sometimes. But how do you keep certain- track of that? Like, do you just go off of the apps? I feel like I'd have to have spreadsheets. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's a whole system I have built, but it's yeah, it, <laughs> all mostly on the apps, mostly on Sleeper. That's the best mm-hmm. platform. I, there's a few other leagues that are here and there, but and, and then yeah, I just I honestly I, I'm a big like notes on my phone guy. I keep notes mm-hmm. for everything, and so like I have different notes for like different leagues, and and then like I said, I keep track of my third players and then my potential start sits and all that stuff throughout the season on your iphone right yep that's right of course you gotta go iphone iPhone. (laughs) every time i get a text from justin on that little green bubble i'm just i shake my head (laughs) um by the way i feel like there's a pattern here because i feel like when we talked last week you were doing a draft then as well yeah, well, yeah, and this is <laughs> so it, it went so well that all most of the guys in that league wanted to do another one. So <laughs> nice. it's most of the same people, and we're doing a different one. So yeah, <laughs> that's cool. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts, but they also got you covered on a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. The next league we're going to talk about, why don't you bring yeah. that in? Pirate League, which is one I want to start this this coming season. Um, so similar to the Vampire League, um, I guess it's similar to the Vampire Leagues, but except in Pirate, when you beat a team, you get to take a player of your choice from one from their roster. Um, so any person that wins that week gets to take a player from the team they beat. Um, it yeah. just sounds that sounds like a lot you of fun. Just want to steal players, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, well, and it is so. It's very much like kind of the same uh, type of thing, but where everybody's mm-hmm. involved. So yeah. anybody can be a pirate any given week, basically. So and again, they're all different in, in how they do it. So the main one that I'm in, that's a pirate league. You would set your lineup, and you'd have we did super flex, and so like if you started anybody in your quarterback spot, they couldn't be taken. Your running back couldn't be taken. Your wide receiver couldn't be taken. Your tight end couldn't be taken. And then you had like three or four flex and one super flex spot. And those players were all the ones that could be taken. So, okay. and each, again, each league is different. And so some of them I've heard, like you mark three players for the week and like these three can't be taken. Some it's just open season. Like anybody can be taken. Yeah, I was I want to do an open season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then ours, we didn't have to submit a lineup. So you could mm-hmm. not start a lineup if you thought you were going to lose, but you got to be careful because if you do that too many weeks, you're not a, you're not going to steal any players ever and get better. Mm-hmm. B you're going to keep losing and then you don't make the playoffs anyways. So there was a lot of strategy to it. And it, it, it would get 
it would get pretty intense. And there was some times where I think there was one game where I, I beat a guy by like 0. 0.2 or something. And like, that was the difference in me having, you know, not only did I get to keep my player that he doesn't steal, I also get to steal a player from him. And so it's a huge swing, like just because you barely held on for the win. And so it yeah. changes really quickly because if you win on a week, you get to not only keep the player that they could have stole, but you get to pick up their player as well. And you start to kind of build super teams quickly. But then there is weeks where, you know, somebody gets injured, somebody doesn't score a lot, and an underdog team kind of beats a, b a bigger team. And then they get that player and they can start to get on a roll again as well. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's it's very much the similar, you know, stealing players type of thing, but where everybody can do it on any given week. So I, I would almost lend towards Pirate. I like a little bit more than Vampire just because, it's not just that one set person that gets to steal. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets to steal on any given week and depending on your parameters for, for who can be stolen and whatnot. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing. So our, our in-house rivalry is quite intense and anytime I've I end up noticed. beating you, right. <laughs> anytime I end up beating you, you're not very happy. Now imagine me beating you and taking one of your oh, good players. It would not be fun around here. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah. It, <laughs> these, these get pretty intense because I mean, and you know, sleeper is so awesome because you have the league chats where a lot of, a lot of mm -hmm. things don't have that, and so yeah, there's guys talking shit like I'm coming for this guy, or or you know, as soon as they win, they post a gif of, of the guy they're stealing, and or it's it's <laughs> questions on on which is it going to be? Is he going to take this guy? Is he going to take that guy? And you got to look at, you know, sometimes it's like, well, you it's pretty obvious you would take that guy, but like. You could really use help at a at the running back spot because you're running, but you know, so there is still strategy to it. It's not always obvious which guy you're going to steal. Yeah, that brings me to a question I had for you: of what is your strategy there? Because you could always just go for their their best guy, but if you have, I don't know, have you had instances where it's really hard for you to determine if you're going to yes. go after their best <laughs> one or? If yeah, you're there's been times where take it was like that usually, running back. Right, I think it was like Tuesday. Tuesday by midnight or whatever, we had to turn into mm -hmm. the commissioner who we who we wanted to steal. And sometimes you'd wait because it'd be like sometimes there was an injury to a guy, and it's like okay, I think Najee Harris was one early in the season. Mm -hmm. I think he was on the team I was going to steal from, and it was like, how bad is this injury? Like, because I'd really like to have him, but if he's too injured, yeah, do I need to take somebody else? You're kind of waiting on <laughs> waiting on news, or if you have somebody that gets mm -hmm. injured, with it being a super flex, you just almost think like, well, maybe I should grab their quarterback. But then you look at somebody in their flex lineup, and it's like, oh, I could really use that guy. And so it is a big, it, it's, I mean, it's all just dependent on how your team is, what you need, mm -hmm. what your injury situation is. And so there's not really a, a set. Cause I mean, thinking super flex, you think probably, well, you probably just go for their second quarterback, right? Yeah. But your number one quarterback is always going to be protected. It was very small benches so that, so that people couldn't hoard people too much. You still have to drop people. So there's always going to be a quarterback you could grab to start in that spot or something. So it definitely keeps uh, – and, yeah, that, that'd be the other thing I would suggest with both of these leagues too, the Vampire and the Pirate, is you have to keep short benches just because of the strategy involved. I, I'm generally a, a bigger bench, the better guy. I love deep benches. Like, I love making it as deep as it can go. <laughs> I can stack all the players I want to – that I have high hopes for, right? But on these ones, you have to keep it very minimal. That way there's constantly transactions, constant strategies just changing for everyone, and it keeps it – it does. It keeps it just more more involved because sometimes it gets monotonous where it's, you know, in your redraft league, okay, you go put in your waivers, you set your lineup. Okay, you go put in your waivers, you set your lineup. Like so much more strategy here where you're picking up guys and you're stealing guys and, 
and all of the other other strategy that goes into it and keeps it exciting for sure so um when you win you send the commissioner like i want to take this player and then you tell him what player you want to drop does the commissioner do all that manually yeah again i think it just varies league to league for us it was just you know you just drop you could drop it in the chat or the dms hey i want to take this guy and then they would just go in and and you know take them off their roster place them on your roster uh there has been some of them i think where you kind of give a player back but ours was just you get that player added to your roster then of course you're one over so you're gonna have to drop somebody at some point but you can you know the way sleeper works you can wait till thursday or even sunday Mm -hmm. to drop that player so there's strategy involved in that too, depending on, on what type of roster moves you need to make and stuff like that. And again, it's, these are very, like, it varies much, very much from league to league on exactly which rules and, and how you do it, which players are protected. Like I said, some it's the wild West where you could take anybody and some it's like ours. We had the Ray. That's the kind Miranda wants to do. It. Yeah, right? yep. <laughs> She's out for blood. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, ours was we had the certain protected players. And then there's other leagues where I heard where, yeah, they would, you know, claim three guys. These are my three protected players. But then anybody on your bench could be taken, which prevents you from not starting a lineup. And yeah, so there's all all kinds of different ways you can do it and run it, just depending on on how you and your league mates want to set it up. I didn't think about how sleeper they'll allow you to have more players on your team than you're allowed, whereas other apps won't do that. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. That's a big strategy thing too, just for any yeah. type of, like I do it all the time where, you know, if you, you put the player injured players in, right, you get your waiver claims in before they're taken off the IR, you can have five, six extra people on your <laughs> roster. And as long as you have people set where you need them, because you don't want to start people in your flex, uh, you know, if they're going to play on Thursday night, you want to move them into their regular slot. You try mm-hmm. to do all that ahead of time and you can keep those players and then you drop them on Sunday. And depending on your league settings, nobody can pick them up. And so then yeah. they're just worthless for a week for everybody else. And so there's a lot of strategy you can you can use into that. Yeah. <laughs> now that hoarding is what gets you DMs of, hey, when are you going to drop this oh, guy? Yeah. Which guy are you oh. going to drop? Remember I that? I had a league last year where a guy was like, <laughs> freak. I didn't know anybody in the league, which when you're in as many leagues as I am, there's a lot of leagues <laughs> like that. But <laughs> but this guy was just like freaking out. He's like, he's got five guy, extra guys on his roster. How, how can he do that? He can't. And it's like. Yeah, but I can't, you can't make any moves until you, you know, drop those people. So, yeah, but yeah, he was not pleased. <laughs> <laughs> big, a big ordeal. Yeah. Um, that wasn't Tennessee Trader, was it? Or no, was it I think it might was have been in that league, though, actually. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I thought it was. Well, that I remember was that. Fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the next one you introduced me to this last season, it was a ton of fun to me, but it's called a guillotine league. Um, and you, you normally have more people playing than in your normal fantasy football draft. Um, was that one you set up? Was that 16 people? Do you remember off the top of your head? Um, I think it was 18, 18, 18. Yeah. So, lot. yeah. So after, lot. after a couple rounds, you're really kind of reaching, um, especially oh, yeah. <laughs> that mid to late rounds you're reaching, like maybe this guy will pop off, but anyways, 18 teams or so. And it, it works like any other fantasy football league. You uh, put up your points. It's kind of like a best ball league, I guess. You're, or It's not best ball because you have to set your lineup right, still. You but the best score at the end of the at the end of the week um, is obviously at the top. The lowest score gets their heads cut up. No, I mean, they just get dropped <laughs> from the league. Literally, yeah. We killed a lot of guys last year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, yeah, this is probably the most fun, like different type of league that I've done from just standard fantasy is the guillotine. So yeah, you start with 18 player or with the yeah, 18 players, you do your draft and it's just survival. Like the only thing that matters is making it to the next week. That is it. It doesn't matter if you score 10 times as many points as somebody week one. It doesn't, all you have to do is, is get past week one. So uh, yeah, you, everybody sets their lineups. Whoever has the worst score week one sucks for them because they don't get a chance to make any moves at all. And they are cut from the league and they're done. Uh, and so they're, they're out of the league. Now you're down to 17 players. Their entire roster goes into the player pool. You use the fab budget and, and you know, set it a thousand, a hundred, whatever you want to do. And everybody bids on their players. And again, same thing week two. It doesn't matter what you did in week one. Your scores don't carry over or nothing. You just have to not be the worst scorer. Week two, same thing. The lowest score gets chopped off. Their players get put back into the pool. This one, the strategy is incredible because yeah. you you have to survive week to week. And so there, there's points where you'll make dumb trades because you just need a guy to start this week because of a buy, because of an injury. I've made trades that I would never make in regular fantasy. And it's like, hey, look, I will give you this guy for that guy because I just need somebody to plug in here to try and make it till next week. And same thing with the waivers. Like you could go blow your thousand dollars week one and, but you're going to have to pay top dollar because you're bidding against 17 other people. Right. And so, but you don't want to not get anybody at the same point, because if you're the worst team, then you're getting cut the next week. So it's a lot of fun. And so there's different ways you can do it as it whittles down. The way we did it was um, to the final four people. And then those four people get, uh, was it the last two or three weeks of the season? basically like just all in and whoever scores the most points in those weeks wins the the thing. And at that point, your rosters, everybody's rosters are loaded because it's a four person team, four person league yeah. at that point. And, you know, so you're farther in the season. Um, so yeah, this, this style is a lot of fun. It, it, it does suck if you're out week one, which one of the leagues I was out week <laughs> one last year. It. And it, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was, yeah, I drafted. I was like, I think I was like 16th or 17th pick or something. Trey Lance fell way down there. I was like, I'm just, you got to pick a quarterback pretty early because it's a lot of teams, right? Yeah. And so I took Trey and yeah, he obviously shit the bed week one. And so I got chopped. I had thousand dollars left in my fab. I never got to use any of it. And it sucks because that's it. Your season's over at that point. So you definitely don't want to get out early, but if you make it, and even if you don't make it to the end, like the farther you make it every Monday night is like a sweat because there is two or three people at the bottom and they need this to happen and that to happen. And, and sometimes there's a guy that's he's, his players are all done. Like, all right, I just need six points. And once I'm past that, I'm good <laughs> to go. And then you don't want somebody to fumble and get negative points or whatever too. But yeah, it's, it is so much fun. This is probably the, the most fun novelty type of league that I've found. Uh, it's, just, it's very intense. I mean, guillotine, it really is like a great name for it. Cause it literally, yeah. if you suck one mm-hmm. week, doesn't matter how you're good out. you were all season. That's it. Your head's gone. Your team's done. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's back into the player pool and good luck next year. But it, it is so much fun to do. Yeah, I got a lot of learning to do because I think I lost in week seven or eight. But I remember two specific weeks. I forgot to go and do my free agency just yeah, because it's on a different site right. than we normally yeah. use. And so, yeah, I completely forgot. But um, that's what I get for forgetting. I get out week mm-hmm. seven or week eight. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to get Miranda in this. I'm going to move. There yeah. is a and and yeah, there is a, a site that does it. And they're the only place that has like actual 
like set up for it. And so, but yeah. you got to pay a fee to run it and all that. I'm going to move it to sleeper this year and just put the work in as the commissioner to just go through and cut people and unassigned teams and you can do it. It's just a little more work, but it is sure. a lot of fun. I highly suggest trying it. Um, it. It is, like I said, the most fun, different type of league that I've done. Just it's, it's so intense. And that's what, that's what cranks it up again. Like not that fantasy football is ever boring, but sometimes in the redraft league, it's just, that week to week type of thing. And this one you're, you know, if you lose one week, whatever, who cares? Like this one, like if you lose and you're the worst team, that's <laughs> it, you're, you're out. <laughs> yeah. This is another league that I, I want us to start to. So like this, we're going to be in a lot season, of next year's guys. Uh, right? Well, I'll move it up to what seven or eight. I'm in five now. So yeah. I'll, you got a long two. way to go to get to <laughs> I know not 65, <laughs> but got eight, we're going to do a family achieve. league that our family <laughs> wants to do. There you go. Yeah. Nice. So oh, yeah. We're going to I'll have a feeling if we want to do a pirate league, Cody yep. will join us. I'm down that. for yes. all three of these leagues. Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Just warning you, the pirate will be open season. <laughs> hey, I, I'm good. With, I can adjust to whatever the rules are. I have no problem. <laughs> she says that now after two weeks, if she loses two weeks in a yeah. row. <laughs> when her top two players are gone, she's going to hate that decision. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> um, so for guillotine, just so I can steal some of your strategy on the free agency. Do you spend all your budget early on or do you try to spread it out or does it depend? Man, I'm, I'm so bad at, at budget management and fantasy football, just period. <laughs> I, I always blow my fab in any type of league early. I, I can't help myself. Like I, I see these people <laughs> out there and I, yeah, I, I blow it too early. I tried to do a little better last season, but then it does. I mean, if you're the second or third plus team in a week, like it lights a fire under you quick and you're like, I've got to just get out of here. Like, I need to get yeah. better than a few of these other teams to try and mm-hmm. and get ahead of them. And then once you start getting into bye, if you make it as far as getting into bye weeks, that's where things get really hairy because you get some of these guys that, you know, you have an early bye week and you're scrambling trying to figure out who you're going to start. And, and it's not just, you can't just punt it and throw somebody in there and get through, Oh, I got all my players are on bye week six, whatever. No big deal. Like you got, you got to start a team because if you don't, you're done. So. It's uh yeah, yeah it, I've seen it work both ways. I've seen guys blow it early and they got really good players and they made it all the way through. I've seen guys that still have like nine hundred dollars with like two weeks to go, and I'm like, you fucking spend it just to spend it. <laughs> like, stop holding on to it. You can't take it to the grave with you. Just spend it. Right. But See, uh, I think- so it, it just depends who you get where and yeah, and you learn you can pretty quickly learn like some of the betting habits of of your or bidding habits rather of your teammate, you know, league mates. And that mm-hmm. goes for any type of fab league where you can kind of see, eh, this person usually puts this much on there. And so you kind of know <laughs> my buddies, Chris and Chuck that I'm in too many leagues with together. Uh, we're very good at knowing exactly what each other is going to bid. And, and we usually end up outbidding each other by a dollar or two here and there, just because you learn quickly what other people will bid and, and you know where you kind of need to come in at to, to get your guy. Yeah, that was my um, downfall. I thought, well, I'm going to hang on to my money. And once it gets later in the season, I'll be able to take whoever I want. Well, that doesn't work out if you don't make it to uh, week nine, week 10 or whatever. That's exactly. Yeah, it's that it's that super delicate balance of you have to get some guys, but you don't want to blow it all because you I mean, you think about it when you get down to the final four teams, like if you still have money left and the other three don't you have such an advantage because yeah. there's an entire player pool out there of really good players, but you got to make it to that point too. So 
it's it's a very very delicate balance as far as as getting to that point sure you got any other questions for cody and his 65 different ways? <laughs> <laughs> still wrapping my mind around that <laughs> um yeah thanks for joining us again mm -hmm. to talk these kind of uncommon fantasy football crazy league types the crazy <laughs> ones but yeah they they definitely sound fun uh make sure you check out all of cody's content whether it's nfl fantasy football or where he's the the money maker in nascar always giving out good picks with rod on the podcast there you can find him at twitter at husker underscore zeeb yes unfortunately he is a husker fan sorry to our iowa <laughs> listeners <laughs> Um, yeah that's uh that's all right I, I shared with justin the stat the other day that uh we've beat you guys in every sport since back in june when our baseball team lost to you so uh we don't have much going for us in husker land right now but at least we can beat iowa in a lot of things <laughs> that is crazy especially that basketball team because that hawks team is good but yeah, our basketball team is not good <laughs> right the huskers have their <laughs> i was looking today we're 250 to 1 to win the big 10 tournament so <laughs> maybe throw a little sprinkle on that thank me yeah just, just a little <laughs> bit of money why not <laughs> uh anything else you'd like to add before we get you out of here i think that's it yeah just just check me out uh on the nascar gambling podcast gave out a 22 to 1 winner last week we've been on a hot streak to start the season having a lot of fun thanks for having me on the show this is this is my favorite other show on the on the sgp network uh glad miranda's here this week glad to see you're feeling yeah, better so uh feeling yeah. much better <laughs> thanks for having me on guys i appreciate it well thank you for joining us yeah and you're not too far away so at some point we got to get together and have a whiskey yes absolutely it's uh it needs to be done soon because we we live rather close together <laughs> yeah for sure all right thanks sir thank you thank you all right, the next league type we're going to talk about is called IDP, Individual Defensive Player. And to do that, we have to bring in the god of IDP, the man that knows it all. Um, you can find him on Twitter at the IDP Tipster. Gary, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. And uh, thanks for that intro. Uh, you're you're very gracious uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gary does a, a bunch of stuff for SGPN with IDP idp pro players pod um just all idp hates offense right <laughs> well i don't you know i don't like i call it the dirty o and i don't i don't like it on <laughs> this particular one pod the idp pro players pod uh but we uh, we do have a youtube uh, pod going on with the idp pro uh, managers pod and yes we are uh opening that door a little bit you know i'm not i'm not so <laughs> so hard on it it doesn't matter on the players pod either because johnny the greek my uh great co-host man very knowledgeable guy he's been out here with the idp guys for a long time he uh he still gets it in there it's just mainly in season no dirty o during the end season i, I don't have time for it there's plenty there you of you all out here to talk about that dirty o that's right so for those that don't know um an idp league individual defensive players is just like it sounds you draft individual defensive players this can actually range from you can have just one in your league. You can have a whole league of just defensive players. Um, I like I know the ones I've been in, they mix them with offensive players. I, I have seen leagues where it's only defense. Um, it, did I miss anything there? That's the gist of it, right? Well, I mean, when it really comes to when it comes to IDP, you know, uh, let's see. How do I explain the all defensive leagues? I don't suggest starting out that way to, to be honest, because 
if you're if you're really jumping into something, if you're a novice manager, if you're really diving into this, stick with what you know, and that's your offense. That's what's that's what's comfortable for you, you know. Then start dotting in that IDP uh, IDP full a full IDP league with you know uh, eleven players or something like that or more. You know that's a little bit more advanced. You you get in there, you can easily get your ass handed to you. You know, so uh, sure. I just don't suggest that. Now, kind of walk us through the the point systems. The ones I'm in, you get a point for a tackle, two or three points for sacks, force fumbles, things like that. Is Are they all pretty standard as, or does it vary? Well, we've really came full circle in the last, uh, I'd say, six to seven years with the balanced formats. Uh, you know, it used to be back in the early 2000s, if you mentioned balanced formats to me, it was just meant that, you was going with offense to IDP and the scoring was within range. So at the end of the year, you would have some IDP peppered in there in your top 32 performers. So that was that term. Well, it's developed into, well, balanced scoring format, which is, it seems to be the most popular one right now, uh, which would bring all your defensive line, your defensive backs and your inside linebackers, all your main designated players into the same realm. Uh, top 64, giving everybody value. Um, then you have your old traditional, uh, what we would call the uh, the tackle uh, based, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Those would lean more just, uh, I guess, to throw out some numbers, you would do something like put a sack at one or two points where you would have solos at two and, say, assist at one. Um, so you're outweighing those sacks. That's really mad. That really is the splitting the hairs between the defensive line and the linebackers and, and defensive backs. The defensive line is the toughest to bring up, but, um, I would have to say right now, my favorite is the balanced. And I, I usually go with the, uh, five or six, uh, sack point, uh, three, two and a half, three for tackles for loss, something like that. Uh, three to four, even to five for interceptions. It depends on how well you like your cornerbacks and your uh, defensive backs. Of course, I'm a safety guy, so I usually go with the four or so. Um, you know, the force fumbles three, you know, um, a fumble recovery three. Uh, I, I stick with my solos at two, and um, I, I like my assist at one. And that's like a nice balance where I'll get um, at least three or four to five, maybe it depends on the uh, seasons of the offensive players, believe it or not, on well, how on how many IDP I have in the top sixty-four to thirty-two at the end of each season in my formats I play. Do you only do IDP leagues, or do you have some where it is offenses mm-hmm. <laughs> players? Well, by rule of thumb, yeah, I, you know, I promote yeah. IDP just makes, as well as anything. Sense. So, I mean. <laughs> But there is one league that I definitely do play, and that's the Scott Fishbowl. I mean, it's for oh, yeah. you know charity and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I am, I am a, I don't want to say an anti superflex or nothing like that, but I'm not into <laughs> super duper playing all these guys across the board. You know, I think the IDP is the actual next step of uh, the learning the. Uh, Harder, harder strategy to uh, play in fantasy football, I guess you could say. Superflex to me is just, you know, I mean, you're just playing to your favor to begin with. You just get an extra couple of guys that, you know, there's, I don't know, you could stack with. I don't know. <laughs> just not my thing. Uh, maybe it's because I'm no good at it, too. <laughs> How many IDP leagues are you in? 
you would might be surprised. I mean, uh, after years of just, you know, averaging 50, 60 or so, I cut back a few years ago, especially after starting writing in 2017 and uh, how things have picked up. I've been at a few sites. I've built a few to IDP departments. And, um, you know, so there, there's limited time and chasing rosters every Sunday morning. You know, yep. that wasn't that wasn't my thing, especially when you're answering questions or doing things with people that, you know, might be members or subscribers or such. So um, last year I had seven. That seven. was it. Nice. Yep. And I only entered the season with like, I don't know, two to three. Yeah. So I, I am in one league that it started with three individual defensive players they cut it to one because they, they're just people aren't willing to put the the time into the strategy behind it i love it okay, i just, mean just 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 tell them to take it all out just the <laughs> right. reason go back go get you you know either put the punter in do the team d whatever you're wasting your time see like i as a bears fan as a chicago bears fan i love defense so um i loved having the even just even when it was just three i really liked it um so i know you go after safeties is that usually kind of your top position you target oh far from it actually the um i prefer safeties when it comes to playing defensive backs for consistency um you have you know, every year you have outlier cornerbacks that, you know, they're like Diggs, uh, Hobbs, Moore. Some of these guys are just standing out. They're going to be doing it in, in the future, too. They can stay up there in that top three or four. But usually once they're figured out, if they suck, they've been picked on. So they take them out. They eventually find a replacement. If they're good yeah. and they just overperform for a couple of years, then you find that, uh, well, opposing quarterbacks and offensive coordinators start avoiding them. So, but you can get these safeties and their consistency per week is really what you're looking for. Um, I, I would take consistency at a good pace over or a solid pace than I would over an outlier performance every three weeks, you know, and you just need that consistency and IDP to really make it. So my, my highest priority, which has changed over, the years with the uh, change of the balance format is definitely defensive end, uh, edge rusher types. Depends on what kind of league you're in or how deep the format is. If you're using designated uh, defensive linemen or actual DEs and defensive tackles. But Mm -hmm. uh, overall, I would say that uh, it's harder by scarcity to get those top five guys, you know, and it's in defensive tackles become the same way. So if you're in those more defined leagues, those are definitely the guys you want to go for in your first sex, uh, selection or two, especially if you're going high and IDP, which I don't suggest either unless you are su- going after defensive ends or uh, say an outside linebacker and edge rusher designated on sleeper dual designation or something. Um, it, it just... Um, it's plentiful, man. We any IDP league you're in, it doesn't matter how deep it is. That waiver wire is so easy to pluck and play bye week guys, get waiver wire guys. We had a plenty of waiver wire options pop up this past year, and that's just increasing because of the rotation and how the NFL has changed with packaging for dimes and nickels or whatever when it comes to defending this pass, you know, and mm-hmm. the rules were changed, uh, what, 2018 or so. Hey, defense, stop playing 
to rough, you know, <laughs> right? More, fl- more flag guys. We need more flag football, I guess. But either way, it's jacked up the scores. It's helped the NFL. It's made made better. At first, I wasn't real happy with it, but it's made better IDP. I think it. I think that's an advantage if you like being active. IDP is the way to go because uh, tell me how many breakouts a wide receiver or running back do you get on average a year in offense? Three to four? Four? Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, on average that you can use in a standard size league, IDP, last year we probably had a dozen. As someone who, I guess for me, I don't have experience in drafting an IDP league, mm-hmm. um, who would you say are your top three defensive players that you go after uh well i would have to say off the top it's going to be max crosby um defensive lineman uh defensive end for the raiders he just had a huge season this past year um he didn't lead the league in sacks but he had some ungodly number which he had been putting a lot of pressure on players or on the opposing quarterbacks for the last couple years he just hadn't been hitting home so this year he hit home, but the real big outlier of the whole season was he had like 89 combined tackles. And that's outrageous for a defensive lineman. So that's that's going to be hard to repeat, but you got to look at him at his age, and he's right behind the next two defensive linemen if you're talking top three that I'm going to suggest, and that would be Nick Boza and Miles Garrett. Technically, you can take all three of these guys in any order. These are well-known established guys. Boza led the league in sacks last year. He doesn't, he's not a huge, um, what you would say, uh, combined tackle monster at all. But I mean, there's those tackles, tackles for losses is always going to be there. And uh, he's just slightly younger than Max Crosby and, or slightly older than Max Crosby. And then you have Miles Garrett, which, you know, he's been doing it for a long time. And I know yeah. that Cleveland looks like they're kind of going down. But Miles Garrett is still a stud. So, uh, I mean, if you can get a hold of any three of these guys, um, you're really anchoring that position. Now, if you're just talking flexes, it would depend on your whole scoring format. But I, if it's me, I'm going after those three. And then after that, it might look at the linebackers, which Roquan Smith and Nick Bolton. Yeah. Um, I love I, your I re- Jack Sanborn, man. I yeah. love Jack Sanborn. I'm actually sitting there making a short. That's what I'm in the middle. I've got the last nice. little one for YouTube. Yep. I, I love Jack Sanborn. I think that he's in a position to really get that second opportunity this next coming season. And uh, uh, is he going to be elite? No. But, I mean, I think he's going to be an on-par solid guy that's going to be ab- to absorb and perform and run that defense. He's got that Wisconsin pedigree. Uh, you know, looking at his four-year stats, you got to love this kid, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, in like 38 games, 168 combined tackles or something, you know, I mean, it's not crazy over a four year period, but apparently he might've had some injury or he was just a spot starting at the beginning, but he he's got some awards on his belt too. I, I think he's being undervalued right now. Yeah. He, he looked like a tackle machine in our small sample size for the bears. Oh. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm and that's going to be that's going to be plentiful, plentiful for, for a couple more years, right? You guys yeah. aren't going to turn a corner in a year, not with that defensive line, unless you guys are just drafting nothing well, but defensive line. In my opinion, we are, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your fingers crossed, right? Right. Yeah, and, um, not a great year for 
Yeah, there's not. It's not a great year for uh, free agency on defensive line either. No, especially after a couple are getting franchise tagged today. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the year that Khalil Mack got traded to the Bears. I had him in my league that had IDP, and that first game against the Packers, I think he had two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery. Right. He right. and oh, you should have heard heard them complain like, oh, he outscored my quarterback. It's like, well, sorry, that's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just it. A lot of people, when it comes to playing the game. You know, you got to have an open mind about it. When you come in to play the dirty O and learn fantasy football to begin with, most of these people, you know, probably didn't have an inkling of actually playing the game, just probably watching the game, right? So everybody basically started out the same level, not knowing, you know, on the average Joe, not knowing exactly who to win with. You know, you had a little learning curve. I couldn't imagine most people walked in just as a guru. That would be (laughs) tough. So same thing with IDP. The main mistake I think that's made and I try to preach against is don't ever put IDP before your offense. You always draft your starting offense first. Maybe even go ahead and get yourself a uh, depth person if you've got a you know, a startable weekly running back sitting there. And just because you got your offense, I don't give a shit if it's Max Crosby, Nick Boza, Miles Garrett. I don't care who it is. Go ahead and grab them because I'm telling you, it's going to work out. And as long as you're active and the season begins, you're going to find nearly the same production somewhere. And that consistency Mm -hmm. of IDP and that near production will make a huge difference backing up a great offense that you can just kick ass with that you are comfortable with that, you know, and if any offensive injuries happen, you've got replacement right there. IDP, Mm -hmm. you don't need replacement necessarily on your bench. It's on the waiver wire. Just go look, be a little active and you'll dominate with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, And speaking of gurus, Gary is the guru of IDP. Um, a lot of great content out there with the pods, the writing, everything. Um, uh, follow them at or on Twitter at the IDP Tipster. Posts everything there. Um, got a, a link tree so you can check out uh, the pods, whether it's Apple or Spotify. Um, but before we get you out of here, I know you're going to be doing something uh, special this year. Um, we're uh, raising money. Why don't you go ahead and talk about that a little bit? My, my wife had breast cancer and we found out two exactly two weeks right before COVID started. And it was, it's been a long process. Um, about the same time I had some other things in fantasy football, uh, life, I guess you could call this, uh, going on and the community really came together and helped support, you know, they gave mm-hmm. positive vibes is what I like to say. And, and it, I also had some tipster leagues, that I've had going on since like 2017 that basically during the first part of the preseason or right before preseason, I just throw out these standard sized leagues, just try to get interest, uh, make it easy, standard format, lean on the offense for the, for the novice or somebody wanting to try it and just fill the leagues and just throw it out there on Twitter, which is my main social source and just let people experience it in a non-competitive, hopefully, or non-risky way, not having to join in with their buddies, whatever that pressure might be, just join in. And if, you know, you won, then at the time I had subscriptions to 
where I was writing for some in-season content, uh, start, sit app that I just had this past year. So I, I would give that award out for the following year as an mm -hmm. award. If you just made the playoffs, that's all you had to do. Play the game in the playoffs. It was 12 team. And I think I put like four to six in. So I'd have four to five leagues. Well, this has just developed and I've wanted to do it over the last couple of years when I, I started another new league. It's a keeper type league. And I uh, got some guys in there on MFL, my fantasy league and, and got it solid, but I just kind of hadn't got it started. So in the process, my wife, thankfully, um, you know, she did have her breast removed and she's clear of it, but we still fight a lot of chemo, uh, after effects, radiation, after effects, whatever, all of these things have taken a toll on their, her body. And so we're still going through a lot of things, you know, just the after effects were actually, uh, you know, just going through, uh, some scans right now. It's, she just had recently had uh, some water on her lungs. It affected her heart. Uh, if we hadn't gotten her into the emergency room the day that we did, it probably would have um, it not ended well. And everything points to after effects of the chemo and treatment for cancer. So it's an ongoing process. And there are, I know that the National Breast Cancer Society has been huge, has been huge for years. Um, but, you know, I want to do my part. So I've combined my tipster leagues for the novice and I've combined it with some IDP pros at the MFL level. And what I do now this year, just starting out, this is my first year doing this with this main league, which is a 16 team kick, uh, keeper league. Um, I'm asking people to donate $5 just to play. Now I had some previous owners, then I've filled in a couple of new people this year that was nice enough on Twitter to donate, to join. Um, and that I, I don't hold anybody to this either. I just offer the information. I put the link on the, on the site as easy as that. They can go to the, the national breast cancer awareness link themselves. So mm -hmm. I have nothing to do with it. I don't know if they do or not. I could give a shit less because <laughs> the money that I paid for the league and the money that I put into the pot for the top four winners, it, I would have been donating that anyhow. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. we have ongoing bills, of course, with ourselves. Thank God for the insurance that we do have. But I mean, there's still, I happen to be in a position this year that wanted to do something and I would have probably donated this money myself if I hadn't invested it into getting the awareness out there or getting anybody involved. And I got great guys at IDP pros. I got great guys that were uh, past managers and they've been great about it. And the couple of people that's um, uh, joined has been great about it. And I'm hoping to fill with uh, like four to six tipster leagues this year asking people for as little as a dollar donation. I could give a shit less if you do. I want you to play IDP, but I will ask you. I am not shy. I will ask you to help that foundation, help my wife, help anybody out here that might be going through that with a loved one or personally. I, I mean, after seeing what women going through, going to these chemo treatments and going through everything, um, you know, I, I know it's, there's a lot of cancer out there and I hope we beat it all, but we have to start somewhere. And, and I really, for uh, my wife's sake, hope it starts with breast cancer. Yeah, we hope so as too, as well. Um, 
I think it's safe to say you can go ahead and put us in a spot for one of those IDP tipster leagues. Uh-huh. We we're looking forward cool. to that. Um, and don't, yeah, we, I was going to, but yeah, I was, I was planning on circling back and asking Miranda if she wanted to jump in because this would be a perfect situation. And especially if you know your offense, the other's going to be cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd love to do it. I am this coming season. We are jumping into more leagues that we haven't tried before yeah. different league types and sweet yeah, sweet forward to it. all yeah. right i'd love that i'd love to have you both in one of those uh, not That's... on the same team <laughs> she's too competitive <laughs> yeah. for that yeah. she doesn't want me all taking right. any credit no nope. right. <laughs> um but yeah everybody go check out uh gary's leagues mm-hmm. donate it, it's very important and uh, Miranda and I wish all the best to you and your wife uh, with you. everything on going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope these leagues are so successful that you're going to just have to keep opening them up more and more and yeah. more and more. <laughs> uh, either way it goes, I, I'll, I'm fine with this. Just just getting awareness out there is just enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Gary. We appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Yep. You guys have a great one. You too. All right. Having our guests was fun, but now... People have been missing this because it's been several weeks because we skipped a week and then you were sick, but Tea with Murr is back. So Murr, now keep in mind for anybody that's just now listening, um, I know Nick Fortune asked, so what kind of tea are you drinking? Oh my goodness, he asked that. (laughs) Yes. Um, No, is spilling the tea, give me the tea. Yes. Give me the, the gossip. The gossip, the hot goss. <laughs> the, the hot goss. The hot goss. Give me the hot goss. I don't know. We started. I don't remember where that started. But anyway. Um, but I yeah. did. It was a show we were watching. But go on. Okay. Well, there you go. I won't admit to the show or that I was watching it. <laughs> I'll, I'll save you. He was married some, at first sight. Okay. I was going to say, I will save you your dignity here. But <laughs> never mind. <laughs> All right. Go on. Okay. So I have to hit on the fact that it was being reported yesterday that Derek Carr signed a four-year deal with the Saints. Now, to my knowledge, the terms have not been disclosed, but ESPN is saying that Carr gets $60 guaranteed at signing and another $10 million at the start of year three. They are, like, rumors are reporting, I guess, (laughs) that this deal could get Carr up to $150 million total from this contract. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Now... Again, I don't think the terms have fully been released or anything like that, but that is still a lot of money. And don't the Raiders have to be a little pissed that they're getting nothing out of him or that they got nothing out of him? Or do you think they were just ready to move on? Probably a little A, a little B, but yeah. I mean, they said you can go ahead and explore a trade. Oh, sorry. You're getting Yeah, I was was going to because I was going to say for those of you who are just joining us on this topic or who haven't been already following the Derek Carr drama with the Raiders. He was, um, his guaranteed salary of 40 million was locked in as of February 15th. So prior to that date, unless he was traded or released from the Raiders, they had to give him 40 million. Now they did release him ahead of that deadline as he wouldn't waive his no trade clause that was built into his contract. However, Just before that, though, the Raiders and the Saints were in trade talks, and the Raiders even sent Carr to the Saints for a visit. Long story. Yeah, go ahead. They they told him he could visit teams. He could visit teams, but they the Raiders and the Saints had trade talks before they sent Carr to the Saints. They had to discuss probable trades. 
Yeah. You know, like of what they were looking for in a trade before they sent him there. He goes there. He comes back to the, to the Raiders after that visit. He decides he's not waiving his trade clause. So they have to pay him his guaranteed $40 million or release him before February 15th. Obviously, they released him, which made him free to negotiate terms with any team he wanted. Right. Ahead of the March 15th date for free, free agents. Free agents. Right. Yeah. So... If you listened to us weeks ago, I felt it was obvious that this was going to happen because Carr wasn't like he's going to be a free agent or he was a free agent as soon as the Raiders released him. He obviously had interest in the Saints. They had interest in him. I had this feeling that a deal was going on behind the scenes and he was going to end up with the Saints. Yeah, I mean, you called this when you covered it on the last tee with Murr that we talked about this. You said he's going to go to the Saints and... I, I guess fantasy football wise, we think Carr is pretty decent. Well, now yes, your your uncle, who's a Raiders mm-hmm. fan, is not high on and Carr. And he, he, he even made the comment like, "You clearly have not watched him play." <laughs> no, I've watched him play for my fantasy league. Right. <laughs> like in terms of he's gotten me points, and I I've been thinking about that comment since my uncle said that, and I was like, "Well, he is a good." fantasy quarterback though right that's the difference like he's not playing he's playing shit for the raiders but he is getting us fantasy points and part of that is they play from behind a lot Mm -hmm. in the past several years um but yeah it's very interesting you have to imagine that Carr and the saints had some sort of back deal going on um but yeah very interesting yeah and that contract too and i read somewhere and I'm not like, don't quote me on this because I can't remember the exact numbers, but this past season was like his third lowest for passing yards or something like that. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Well, that's because that. <laughs> but it was a bad year for he him. He <laughs> only threw it to one person, basically, mm-hmm. Devonta Adams. Um, really interesting. I know we're a fantasy football podcast, but we do work for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network yes. at one time. Derek Carr was 11 to 1 to go to the Saints, meaning if you had listened to Miranda and put $10 on Carr to the Saints, you'd be looking at 120 bucks right now. Bringing us back to the T that I'm dishing here. Um, somehow, this is bringing us back to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, come on. <laughs> Can't get away from this guy. I know, but he, I have a feeling he's going to be a regular around here, <laughs> Justin, unfortunately. Um, I may or may not have started following him on Instagram because of, oh, I just feel like I'm going to get some for cheese and t- rice, <laughs> <laughs> get some news from there. Anyway, Aaron Rodgers made headlines today and may possibly go to the Jets. Now, before we get into that, I have been waiting for something to come up with Rodgers. As many of us know that he was doing a darkness retreat for the last, like in this last month in February for four days. And he said he was going to be using that time in the dark to think about his future, whether that means retirement or not. Um, he basically left everybody hanging on whether or not he's coming back next year. He's back um, from the darkness. And I immediately went and looked him up on social media when I saw articles circling about Rogers Um to get some deets on his retreat because the big deal that was made about it, there has to be something out there, you yeah. know, he, <laughs> and I went to his Instagram and it did not disappoint. Um, <laughs> he quickly came back from his darkness retreat. And if you follow him on Instagram, you've likely already seen the brief footage of the documentary. He took part in called awake in the darkness. It's on YouTube. 
<laughs> Calm down, Justin. Okay, we're going to take a brief pause because I feel like I I don't want to dig myself a dark hole here. I have nothing <laughs> I'm hole. saying. I'm not against darkness retreats. I think they're cool. I think they have purpose. This is all because it's Rogers. No, I think we went on record last time we talked about Yeah, but about I have this. to go on record again <laughs> because it's just it's the fact that it's Aaron Rodgers and to, the guy is just... To me, it's not even the fact that it's Aaron Rodgers. It's the fact that this has to be some big grand public uh, thing. Well, I think Why it's... Can't... Okay, it, just wait. I think it has to do with the fact that it is Rodgers because anyone who gets media attention, I think that is not something I had ever heard of before. And I think it's kind of insightful about what the darkness retreat is and what it can do for you and all this stuff but it's the fact that it's aaron Rodgers and he used it with his career and his contemplation of retirement or or what what his future holds for him and and he comes back though he partakes in this darkness retreat now don't get excited that darkness retreat um what did i just say it was awake in the darkness <laughs> it's on youtube you're if you go there thinking you're going to get an answer about his retirement you're not <laughs> of course <laughs> he has not disclosed that yet um it'll be in part four but he of the mini series i believe <laughs> that awake in the darkness now again don't quote me on this is um aubrey marcus's documentary he has a podcast the aubrey marcus podcast he himself spent six days six days in the dark um but anyway, there's a that's the documentary that Rogers partook in. So I just can't pass up the opportunity <laughs> to share how some of his time went. He spent parts of a couple days. Now, how he knew it was a couple. I just have so many questions. Like, can they tell? The, <laughs> does he know? How does he know what time it is? How does he know he spent a couple days? What if he just spent a couple hours contemplating his future in there? Who knows? Um, but he spent parts of a couple days in man imagining what it um would be like to retire and then what it would be like to continue to play you know what time he spent thinking about that <laughs> when he was taking his shits in his bucket that's how they, do you know it's a bucket it, there i think there's a little bathroom in there but <laughs> okay that's the only time he spent thinking about that that's no, my theory i all right justin <laughs> but like if i i'm just thinking the appeal to me of a darkness retreat is very strong. Like, I think I would spend at least the first 20 to 24 hours sleeping. How would you even know how that's how long I slept? I don't know. But it just sounds amazing. I would probably at some point daydream, nightdream again. How do I know if it's day <laughs> or night? Um, what like would be like to retire? Because, Justin, I'm ready to retire. <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> and i'd probably have a lot of thoughts on my future not retiring since i'm nowhere near able to <laughs> drop everything and retire but dang the naps that he must have gotten there right and then i'm jealous we don't even have kids and i can't get get my sleep schedule straight <laughs> so anyway Back to the news of why he popped up in the headlines. Sources are saying that the Jets and Packers are in talks over Rodgers and that Rodgers has been given permission to speak with the Jets. So it's looking like maybe he might not retire. And if he doesn't retire, he's likely not going to be a Packer. Time will tell. So it's possible he spent his time in his darkness retreat that led him to the dark hole of the New York <laughs> the Jets. Jets. Yes. I, and I thought when I saw that, I, I also, I thought about Brandon and Felicia and their yeah. Packers and Jets household and how that would be because Felicia loves Rogers. How it would be for 
<laughs> him to go to the Jets and Brandon gets the Jets. Well, I've already gets Rogers. <laughs> I've already heard reports from our buddy Mr. Fortune that Brandon is pissed off that Rogers and the Jets are being mentioned <laughs> in the same sentence. So. I am sure. Now here's a thought for you though too. Former Packers third string quarterback Kurt Benkert mm-hmm. is predicting that Rogers will either be a New York Jet or a Miami Dolphin. What the fuck does he know? <laughs> <laughs> just just hear me out here. And he's leaning more towards being a Dolphin because of the warmer weather and the roster talent that the Dolphins have to be Super Bowl bound. So maybe Rogers is going to pull a Tom Brady and move to Florida to finish out his career in some nice warm weather. And speaking of Tom Brady, Justin. Yes. As if we expected anything else, there are rumors that he could unretire. Again, I did this whole thing with Gronk, and I'm not going to say, oh, yes, he's coming <laughs> out of retirement because I was wrong about Gronk. But um, rumors were going around during the NFL Combine that Brady might come out of retirement and where they were saying he would go. So look out, Rogers, because if your former backups back up, is correct, <laughs> and you're looking at Miami, you may just have some competition with the GOAT, Tom Brady. Heck, maybe Miami will get both of them. Maybe they'll have Brady <laughs> and Rodgers. But that's just a rumor. That's what I'm here for. He does have an entire year or NFL season before his contract with Fox starts as an announcer in the fall of 2024. Brady we'll does. Yeah. yeah, Brady does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a couple comments. Yes. Um <laughs> I did see Brady did answer the rumors by saying people that are talking about me unretiring have never adopted a two a two month old kitten, which he apparently just adopted for his daughter because like he doesn't have enough money to pay somebody to take care of a kitten. But um, <laughs> <I can't>, OK, <laughs> breaking news. Tom Brady adopts a kitten and can no longer have a career. <laughs> right. Like, that does it. That's it. Can I just can, can that be my excuse to retire? Justin, can we adopt a kitten <laughs> and a I kitten. have to retire? <laughs> well, like. He was fine having kids in the house and taking care of them and playing football, <laughs> a kitten, but a kid draws is the too line much. <laughs> and then just the the Rogers thing, like you, you we all know my thoughts on Rogers. Mm-hmm. I don't like him. It's the publicizing. Like I think it was Joe Thomas, the left tackle, um, just released a statement a couple of days ago that he contemplated retirement and he's decided he is going to return for a seventeenth season. That's all you fucking need. <laughs> That's really all you need. Just, I don't need this long, drawn-out saga. We're to partake in a documentary that yes. hints at your future, but you're not really coming out and saying it? Yeah, it's just too much for me. It's too much. Um, get rid of the drama and play ball. Now, from a fantasy football aspect, Rodgers on the Dolphins... Would be interesting with, with Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Yes, that's what I thought, and I was like, no, because I like, I really like the Dolphins mm-hmm. right now. The Jets, on the other hand, Brees Hall. <laughs> yeah, they do have Garrett Wilson, who's a good receiver, and they have a really good defense. So uh, I could see success there too. But I just, I don't think you're, I don't think Rodgers is going to be any better than he was. I don't think you're going to get a better result. He won his Super Bowl. He continues to go to. Uh, NFC championships or playoffs and losing. Mm-hmm. I don't think but he's getting better in play. Do you play. think, though, as somebody who is either going to retire or keep playing, wouldn't he want to try and get that one more Super Bowl? Well, of course. Of course he would. I just, I don't think the Jets have a Super Bowl team. No. I don't think they're a quarterback away, which is what adding Rodgers would be. Basically, Be yeah. trying to get a quarterback. I don't think they're just a quarterback away. The, 
Well, that defense did look good. I just I don't think they have it. The Dolphins, they, I mean, they have- Tua is he did better than I expected, but who knows how his health's going to be. But yeah, interesting stuff. Very well. Um, I loved the tea with Mur. <laughs> I had missed it, so I'm glad that is back. Why don't we talk about a couple more kind of uncommon drafts and different drafts? All right. I'm going to kick us off with Campus to Canton. Yes. And this one is probably the deepest of all leagues. Mm -hmm. Um, In Campus to Canton, you have multiple teams, but the most common two are a college team and a pro NFL team. Your college players automatically transfer to your pro team to what's called the taxi squad and can be put into your lineup at any time once they are drafted. This is interesting because you're basically now you're um, scouting. Mm-hmm. Not now you're scouting. You're trying to you're say scouting for your NFL league, right? Your team, yeah, for your NFL team. So that's really interesting. You could draft a guy his sophomore year, thinking, "Hey, by his senior year, he might be a first round talent, and then be really good in the NFL." Um, very interesting. I just entered one of these leagues. They can get deeper, however, than college and NFL. The one I am in, you have a college team. You have a USFL team, an XFL team, a CFL team, and an NFL team. And all those players can go, like, as they get, go from, like, USFL to NFL or college to USFL to NFL. You can carry them. Right. So when we did our, for example, when we did our XFL draft, Brian Scott was still expected to be the number one quarterback for the Vegas Vipers. Um, I drafted him because, obviously, Brian's got a super Mm -hmm. fan over here. Now he's automatically on my CFL team. On the CFL, yes. So yeah, definitely interesting. The campus to Canton. Um, this is a, this is the most complicated. It's intense by far. Like the strategizing you have to do, the planning and the prep. I can't even think about that right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's and it's a crazy. Lo- it's a lot on your commissioner because as of right now, knock on wood, there is no one site that will house all of these um, types of teams. So there's one site for college. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll use Alt, Alt Fantasy for USFL, XFL. Not sure about CFL. And then, you know, your sleeper for NFL. But, yeah, so the commissioner, while these players change, they have to do all those moves manually. So it's a lot for the commissioner as well. But definitely interesting. Campus to Canton, obviously campus being your college, Canton being the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, more strategy. Just more strategy. Yes. Well, we're just going to touch briefly on a couple more. Um, No reason to spend too much time on this one, but Miranda, a team draft. Yes, where you can only draft players from one team. So I'm assuming you draft the team you want, and then... That's your players. Those are your players, and you start your lineup based on that team. Which is great if you have like a super team, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, If you think of teams like, well, we talked about the Dolphins. They had two top 10 wide receivers, though quarterback wasn't as great running back definitely not good um tight end terrible so like you know it's difficult i mean i'm thinking about the bears that besides fields you would not want a bears team no you wouldn't <laughs> you would not yet draft yet. as a fan you can't do fantasy football as a fan yeah you got to take your fandom you, out of it yes yeah that um, was something i learned right away yeah <laughs> quickly quickly <laughs> Yeah, yeah, excited to get the Bears players and then until you weren't. <laughs> yeah, until you weren't. Um, Did that one, my very first season, never again. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. Um, this is more of, I have done this once. 
uh, just as a fun thing with Fortune and Byerly. And I think that was it. I think we literally just had three people. We each picked our team and saw who would do the best at, by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So um, not as common, but something you can do. The other one is a conference draft. This is where you have split conferences of AFC and NFC, and you can only draft players from whatever conference you're in. Yeah, so like you would have five teams in AFC, five five in in the NFC. NFC. Yeah. And so you would have separate. Yeah. Like, I guess you draft together, but you just can't pick from. Right, from the other team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and, and it's interesting because you can only trade within your division. You yes. can, you know, so that adds a little thing. A little how do you, how, it. I guess, how would you go about choosing who's going to be AFC and NFC? So there's a couple different ways you could just, you know, pick like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, AFC is, has my favorite team, so I want to be there. Or it can just be a random thing. Um, just like your divisions, you know, sometimes there's a north, south or whatever. You I just think we would, do like random. in our leagues, we'd have to do randomly. Yeah. Make it fair. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the last one is called time machine now this can be with any type of league it's basically a style so the time machine it's an interesting one that i hadn't heard of uh it could be done in multiple styles of leagues but with the caveat of time machine so time machine usually gives you three to five time machine tokens or uses where you can switch one player out of your lineup and a bench player in once a week. Yeah, so like, say your player in your lineup got zero, your bench I player need got twenty five times. Right? Well, we've all made the bad decision. Well, yeah, like, well, we've that's all been part there. of it, though. Like, yeah. But so it would allow you to like that player who got twenty five points on your bench, swap them in for the player yeah. who got injured in the first minute of the game. It's really interesting, though, when you limit how many times you can do it. Because mm-hmm. do you try to save them for the playoffs? That's what I would do. I mean, first you got to make the playoffs, of course, but. You want to save the majority of them for those big games, don't it's you? Towards the end of the season for when it really matters, like when you need that. Yeah, you don't want to blow them right away, even though it it would look easy to. It'd be like, oh, I'll have a win if I just do that. you got to be strategic about mm-hmm. it. So definitely interesting. Um, when I was looking at these, the most that you can do from what I saw was three to five, five being the most. Um, not a thing you can do every week, obviously, but that that's what makes it interesting to me is the strategy of when do you use it. Now, what if you use the time machine with any of the other leagues? Like, couldn't you combine it? Yeah, time machine can be like, any type of league. Time machine with the guillotine. Oh man! <laughs> or can you, you know, imagine? Yes, I didn't finish last. Au contraire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> last or, place just did the time machine. <laughs> yeah, just any of these. You could use it anywhere. Yeah. Man, yeah. we could make a super crazy league. Yeah. Super crazy. That we're learning deep, here. Convoluted strategic amazing fantasy football league. that's gonna be my homework during this off season is i'm i already told you i'm creating a league invite only <laughs> invite <laughs> only next season um i've really wanted to do the um the pirate yeah the pirate the guillotine so if, if you, you want to go ahead do pirate and guillotine and time machine together <laughs> wrap your mind around that <laughs> well guillotine you don't play a person so you couldn't pirate oh, that's them true yeah i feel like yeah you don't play a person no you just play every week and yeah high score wins Hi- winning or i guess not high score wins lowest score <laughs> yeah loses. records don't matter in that one yep so never mind i still want to do a guillotine you know, i cody runs them so i'm yeah. sure he's got extra spot 
um, the the vampire or pirate leagues. Hit us, hit us up, hit Miranda up if you want to be in one. She's gonna run one. A pirate. A pirate league. It's gonna so, be a pirate. Yeah, hit us up if you want to be in season. one. Open season. Open <laughs> season. That should be the league name. Open season. Open season. Um, All right, Justin. You know, I drank my old fashioned while you were doing the tea with myrrh. That's my favorite part about tea with myrrh. Not that your you just, drama you isn't back, bad, but yeah. <laughs> kick your feet up. Yeah. Drink your old fashioned and just, and listen, just listen to the gossip. Yeah, the hot goss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that, it's. I love it. I can just sit back, drink, and uh, I become a fan, not a podcaster. I'm the fan at that point. Listen to the hot goss. <laughs> All right, well, we're done. Let's get into this whiskey that you're talking about. Um, as I said earlier, we're drinking um, Whistle Pig Piggyback Rye, aged six years. Another uh, big shout out to John mm-hmm. Grimm for yes, sending me this. thank you so much. We have to say nice things about, I guess, Penn State and the Steelers now because he's a <laughs> Penn State fan and a Steelers fan. So um, this, Mitch Trubisky won't be your starting quarterback at the beginning of yeah, next season. There's, and there's that. Um, I, I assume Kenny Pickett's going to do a little bit better. So there you go. <laughs> and Penn State basketball team has done all right as of the last couple games. All Moving right. on. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> just all right. right. <laughs> um, so just a little background information. This is a rye, obviously, piggyback rye. And I have come to really love rye whiskeys through our old-fashioned football show. I never realized how much I love rye until we've been trying all these different ryes. So thank you, Thank you, thank you, John, for sending us a rye. Rye whiskey was once the leading American spirit, but faded from popularity after the Prohibition. And Whistle Pig is dedicated to making rye great again. We've seen... Sorry, they're they're the Trump of rye whiskey. <laughs> Whistle Pig is... Make rye great again. Sorry, <laughs> I just that popped in my head. Go ahead. Okay. I, I feel like we've tried so many great ryes, so rye is definitely making it come back. Whistlepick turned a historic dairy farm into a world-class whiskey distillery in remote Shoreham, Vermont. And the farm is miles away from lo- from cities and towns and is surrounded by 500 acres of rye and crops, Vermont oak trees, views of the Green Mountains. Sounds like a beautiful place to go visit. It's an 150-year-old dairy farm that now distills seven days a week, working around the clock to bring a whiskey they call as complex, rare, and uncommon as a place where it's made. A fun quote from their original master distiller. Who I saw passed in like 2018 or something mm-hmm. like that. So rest Is, in I'm okay making mistakes in my industry, you drink your mistakes. <laughs> Sounds that. like a wonderful industry to be in. Right? I <laughs> so, need that job. <laughs> Whoops, I messed up. Let's drink it. <laughs> One thing about this piggyback rye whiskey, it's a 100% rye. Wow. 100% rye. Age six years, 96.56 proof. And most ryes are um, only made with about 51% rye. Mm-hmm. So... Piggyback made the first 100% rye whiskey. So their grain bill or mash bill, you know, that it's normally called, that's just rye. It's just rye. It's that's no crazy. other grain. 100% rye. Wow. Um, And they settled on, the, I thought the proof was really interesting, uh, an odd number. So found out about that. They settled on the 96.56% proof. Um, 
to make the optimal match in the strength to sweet to bitter cocktail triangle. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So Justin, want to give us um, some information on the taste profile while I taste. Um, we like we made it in an old fashioned. I think it's really good in an old fashioned. Yeah. And now we're trying. It's good. It I don't. I don't know if it stands out as much as I want it to. I'm going to assume I haven't tasted my neat yet. I'm going to assume it's going to be smooth. It's very smooth. Yeah, I had a feeling based on how it was. Smell it. Have you smelled it? Not as yet. soon as I open the bottle, ooh, it just smelled so good. Yeah, not yet. Um, but just based on the old fashioned, and that's not bad. Just we all know I, I've said I like a strong one that sticks out, and I can really taste it. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling it would be smooth because I can't. But um, so the nose it says fresh cinnamon, black peppercorn. Hints of tangerine and grapefruit zest. I get, I do get a little bit of the tangerine when I smell it. I didn't think I would, but I do. Palette is powerfully spicy with cocoa, cardamom, and cured leather flavors. And finish of baking spices, vanilla, hints of citrus. Now you tell me if you get any of that while I try it, because I didn't try it yet. It's sweet. It's spicy. Now I want you to try it and then try your old fashioned again, because I think it stands out. I think it's... It's very unique. You think I didn't realize mm-hmm. what was hitting me? Yeah, it's very unique. I didn't do anything like special with our old fashioned. All right, you're right. I do get the spice now that yeah. I thought was probably just bitters yeah, or whatever, I, but um but the yeah, this has a really good spice flavor to it. Yeah, the this old fashioned, I didn't do anything special to it. I did use the um blackstrap bitters cuz I've really come to like those. But the flavor of this old-fashioned is coming from this bourbon. Or yeah. it's coming from the... Wow. It's not a bourbon. The flavor of this old-fashioned is coming from this rye. Yeah, it really is. And I did not realize that at first. I did think it was the bitters or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's got a really nice spice to it. It's this smooth, but really nice This is really good. Neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you... if? I mean, would you rank this towards one of your tops? You'd have to think about it probably. It's up there. It's very it's very, good. very very good, very smooth, amazing flavor. Very drinkable. This is the only 100% rye we've ever tried then. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I know I didn't I guess I didn't do any research on if there's other 100% ryes out there, just that piggyback is the first 100% rye. Yeah. But I know we don't own any 100% ryes. Correct. I want to talk about their other products really quick. Mhm. So they have piggyback 100 proof bourbon. They have farm stock rye, which I know we saw that there's an Iowa version of this. Yes, yeah. I'm really curious what makes it the Iowa version. Um, so, Whistlepig, we'd love to bring you back on, review it, and talk about your whiskey. So, hit us up. Yes, please. <laughs> Slide to up. the DMs. But um, there's Beyond Bonded Rye and Beyond Bonded Bourbon. Now, if you've listened to us, you know I love bonded whiskeys. Me too. So, I, I feel like i got to try that. Small batch rye, age 10 years. Old world rye, age 12 years. Estate oak rye, age 15 years. Double malt rye, aged 18 years. Smokestock wood-fired whiskey. Ooh. Single malt, age 21 years. And mer- the Boss Hog, Siren Song. I feel like this is something you would like. The, the note is orange blossom and floral notes. The palate is cinnamon and clove fading into black cherry, finished with jammy fig and rice spice. That does sound really good. I figured that would be something kind of up your alley. I think um, to bring up wall to wall wine and spirits again, they had the wasn't it the didn't they have the whistle pig twelve years? I don't remember. They might have. Yeah, it was really it was pretty expensive, but you can go there and you can try their bourbons. Yeah, and we didn't stop and try it, and I don't know why. They had it for trying. Yeah. Oh, 
I know. What's wrong with us? Well, there wasn't anyone at the counter. We were in a hurry. We weren't going to go get somebody, but... I, I would have. For free tastes, I would have. We should have. Well, you were with me and we didn't. Well, so don't say I would have. You probably you said, nah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need no whiskey. <laughs> um, no, this is really good. Also, one last thing. Go check their website out. A lot of photos there. It's a It's a neat website, but... They do have pigs on the farm. It's not just called Whistle Pig. They do have pigs. In fact, their chief pig, I don't know what qualifies you as a chief pig, but their chief pig descends from their OG mascots, Mortimer, Mortimer and Mauve. And if you go to their website, you can see their cute little photos. But Mortimer Jr. is a descendant of late Mortimer and Mauve. <laughs> Mortimer Jr. has been the top pig at the farm, Miranda, since 2018. He enjoys crisp Vermont evenings, belly rubs, apples, and leading his other four-legged friends in jailbreaks to snack on loose rye grains at the <laughs> silos. There's also Orwo, who was adopted in 2021 with his late sister, Cito, today's sole protege and heir apparent to the Whistle Pig Farm. He shows great potential if some vanity on account of his namesake's recognition of pigs as being the cleverest of the animals. Animal farm. Yes. So... um, <laughs> Winston Churchill, I saw there was a quote where he said, dogs look up up to us, cats look down to us, pigs look at us as equals. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> um, but no, this is very good. I really like it. No, it is. This is a, a very good one. Yes. Thank you to our guests. Thanks to Cody and Gary. Yeah, we had such a good time. We, I know I missed last week and I'm so bummed about it still. Um, and Sean specifically said he won't come on if you're on. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Um, but, yeah, we had a great time having Cody and Gary on. I did want to circle back to Gary, our, our IDP guru. Um, we are obviously going to sign up for one of those IDP drafts yes. and donate to the National Breast cancer awareness foundation however even if you're not interested in signing up for one of the idp drafts you can still go and donate because i think it's yeah. a great cause even if our listeners out there right now just go to the national breast cancer awareness foundation site and donate a dollar that adds up and it makes a big difference absolutely couldn't have said it better myself except i say Donate five dollars. Donate five. We can yeah. all pitch in five. Inflation, a dollar is nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Donate five dollars. It is a great cause, mm -hmm. and um, we're gonna have Gary back at some point. But uh, yeah, we obviously wish him and his wife all the best. Mm -hmm. And your donation goes to people just like Gary and his wife who are going through all this, and it's very important to them. Yes. Um, that's all I have. Did you have anything else to add? Great point at the end there. Um, glad you brought that up because that is a great idea. I know our fans can come through, our listeners, whether yes, you're fans or just listeners. <laughs> Maybe you just <laughs> listen to listen and you're not a fan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this show, but right. I keep listening. <laughs> yes. Next week we'll be drinking Uncle Nearest. Nearest, not Ernest. Not Ernest. <laughs> um, he made an earnest living making bourbon. But uh, 1884, <laughs> I believe... And uh, so, yeah, grab yourself a bottle so you can try it with us. Uh, that's all we got. Um, I don't even remember what we're talking about next week. We might not have decided, but we'll figure it out. It's going to be good. It we will. will have tea with Murr. That's it, all that matters. <laughs> Randa, how's your old-fashioned going? It's gone, Justin. Going once, going twice. Sold. <laughs>
old-fashioned football.